Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, we look at Lesson 2, Crisis of Leadership and Preparation for Sabbath, January 9th. Let us look at Isaiah chapter 6 and see how we too can become undone in the presence of God. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, here we are, Lesson 2, Crisis of Leadership. Uh, Those of you who are joining us this week for Sabbath, January 9th, and our memory text this week comes from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. Uh, setting the stage here, uh, this does a wonderful job of doing that, but this is uh, Isaiah and has his encounter with God. But mm-hmm. here first, in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. It's New King James Version there. So mm-hmm. we, we see this, right? The train of his robe has filled the temple. So what, what does this tell us right away, Michael? Yeah, well, it's setting the the context, the setting for what is um, going on here. And so we have kind of a picture of really of the sanctuary um, mm-hmm. and where God is through all of this. It's, it's very true. Mm-hmm. And I, I love Sunday's lesson that kind of leads us right into it, which is the king is dead, but long live the king. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whenever there is a transition of power, and I guess, you know, we can kind of think of that right now here in the country as we're looking at the inauguration, um, that whole process, uh, that whenever there are transitions of power, that, that these are tumultuous times, they're tenuous times. And that's certainly what's happening in ancient Israel here. Uh, so, um, you have Second uh, Chronicles 26, uh, a description of Uzziah, um, his reign. Um, and basically, you know, here he had done a lot of good things throughout his reign. He was kind of, a, he was a, overall kind of a good king, but he didn't know how to finish well. Mm. And, you know, that's part of a mark of a good leader, I think, is learning how to finish strong. And I've seen so many um, church leaders, pastors, did amazing ministry, and then kind of at the end kind of just fizzled and, and went berserk crazy, you know, and kind of undermined a lot of their leadership, the rest of their ministry and so on. And that's kind of what happened here with um, Uzziah uh, is that at the end, it says he grew he grew proud to his own destruction. And what happened? Well, he went to the temple to offer incense going directly against the instruction of God. That was the priestly duties Mm -hmm. of, of the Levites, the descendants of Aaron. And, and when they kind of rebuffed him, uh, the king becomes angry, doesn't listen, and goes in, and the Lord strikes him down with leprosy, and then, of course, he dies. So um, kind of a sad way to end what had been otherwise a really amazing uh, career. He had kind of built up um, Israel, so to speak, and had done a lot of other great accomplishments, but here at the end... Um, he became proud and, and started to trust his own leadership, his own strength, instead of trusting God. And this was kind of a, really comes down to not only a leadership crisis, but a spiritual existential yeah. crisis for Israel. It's true. It's very true. Uh, 
And Michael, I, I remember uh, that first year that you and I met, you mm-hmm. said, you know, Buster, if I ever start going senile and I'm starting to write stuff that's going against <laughs> what I what I believe and what I've taught, have he mercy. Says, tell me. And <laughs> yes. he's like, and he's like, tell me to stop and take away my pin. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, but yeah. we need people in our lives to hold us accountable. Accountability, way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. so that's what uh, th- we see here that Zaya he didn't he didn't really have that accountability anymore. Mercy. But God was still there to hold Israel accountable. Yeah. And and to hold Isaiah accountable, whether he recognized it or not. Through his servants, the prophets. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. it's true. Matter of so, fact, uh, in Monday's lesson, it kind of, kind of, kind of talks about that. Yeah, tell holy, us about it, holy, Lester. holy. Um, mm-hmm. We see in Isaiah six one. Uh, we are, we already read through that, but it says, "Why would the Lord make an appearance to Isaiah here as opposed mm. to anywhere else?" Yeah. And we see here. Uh, there's two texts that are mentioned here. I'm just going to read one of them. Uh, it's going to be found in uh, Exodus chapter tw- uh, t- forty, verses thirty four through forty eight. Uh, and I'll be reading this in the New King James Version. And it says here that the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Uh, verse uh, 38 there. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tab- tabernacle by day and fire was over it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. And we say, see 25 verse 8, uh, I want to dwell amongst you. Therefore, build the sanctuary so it may dwell among you. Yeah. So God was saying that I am still with you. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're in crisis. You don't have a leader, but I am your leader. Yeah. This is why he's appearing to Isaiah saying, will you trust me mm-hmm. as your leader? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's why his presence filled that temple, something that the king could not do. Yeah. You know, there's there's nothing that can actually truly take God's presence no. in our lives. There's no substitute that um, can can account for that. It is, that is so true. And then we see here the uh, what is described here is holy, holy, holy. Mm. Uh, verse three. Yeah. And, and one cried to another said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Yeah. And the whole whole earth is full of his glory. Yeah. And the only thing that makes something holy is the presence of God. God yeah. is holy, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So therefore, if someone's like, oh, he's a holy man, mm-hmm. we and of ourselves cannot be holy. No. There's nothing we can do to earn holiness, right? Yeah. yeah. But the presence of God in our lives can mm-hmm. make us holy. And us surrendering yeah. to that holiness is actually the thing that can make us holy. I love teaching uh, our world religions class, and when it's not a COVID year, <laughs> uh, we like to go to the synagogue. We weren't yeah. able to do that this last semester, but normally I like to take students to the synagogue, and it's always one of the things that I notice a lot of students find very interesting is in a synagogue, even to this day, that when they repeat the words, holy, 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 they always step forward on their toes and lift themselves up because they don't want to stand on their own feet in the presence of God to realize utter submission and the holiness and otherness of God that God is beyond us and God's presence is something so we don't stand on our own two feet we have to step up on our toes to to just realize how special that is when we utter the words holy 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 you, you know you're saying that just reminds me that sometimes we like to cast aspersions and, and write off everything about a particular re- either religion or denomination, right? Mm-hmm. But there's some things that are practiced that if we take it into account of what it means, mm-hmm. that we can actually apply it to our lives. I, you know, sometimes as an Adventist, 
uh, we get this air about us. Can I, can I can I just speak the truth? Mercy. That we are so wonderful and so devout and so biblically accurate <laughs> that we deserve to be in the presence of God. Mm. <laughs> and nothing can be further from the truth. Wow. Uh, we'll see this here speak in just a second. Here. But the closer we get to God, the more we realize we have no business being in that presence. Mm. But we are welcome to be in that presence because he wants us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I haven't earned it. I don't yeah. have any power. I'm not better than you or anyone mm-hmm. else. I'm not greater than any other sinner that's out there. Yeah. It's because of by the righteousness and the blood of Jesus Christ that I'm able mm. to stand in the presence of God. I love it. Well, I mean, I think this is kind of just the perfect segue into the next lesson on, on Tuesday because yes. that's really what Isaiah is talking about in verses, especially in verses 6 and 7, but how it's titled A New Personality. But basically, uh, it's talking about his experience coming before the altar of God. And in verses 6 and 7, I just have to read this here. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And with it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away from uh, taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Um, in mm. other parts here, it talks about how mm-hmm. um, I'm a man of unclean lips. Yeah. You know, he's acknowledging. It says how yeah. unworthy I am. Right, right there, verse five. Yeah. Woe to me! I am undone, for uh, for I'm a man of unclean lips. So, and then once you have that experience, you realize, okay, I need something here. I need God's cleansing grace. That coal from on high. To cleanse me from within, um, because I'm not I'm not worthy. No, you know I, I have to ask that question because if you haven't had that undone experience, mm. then I don't know if you've actually had a conversion experience yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. the time in your life where you realize God, you are God, and I am not. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you go back to there anytime you start uh, getting puffed up with yeah. your pride. You recognize, man, I remember that time where God revealed to Himself to me, whether it's through the Word, mm-hmm. whether it's through another person, whoever mm-hmm. it was. And you just became undone in the presence of God and you surrendered there in that moment. You know, last week's lesson, we were talking about uh, toxic relationships, toxic religion kind of thing. And that really happens when we make religion about ourselves, Mm. when we don't have that conversion experience. We don't have that surrender. And so uh, instead, what we try to do is we try to defend ourselves. We basically are making God into our own image. We're trying to make religion about ourselves instead of the other way around. And when God flips that around and turns our hearts up inside out or upside down, whatever you want to, however you want to say that, right? Or as as He says, "I'm a man of unclean lips," you know. Right, yeah. Um, but basically, this recognition of of falling short and our absolute need and dependence upon God, then we can surrender and say, "God, um, I really." I need you in in my life, and and that's really what's happening here with Isaiah, and of course he has this envision, this amazing experience, <laughs> uh, but but each one of us can have that experience. No, we we absolutely can, and and I, I believe it's leading us to Isaiah six verse eight, which mm-hmm. continues on. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send, and who will go for us?" Then he said. Then I said, here I am, send me, right? Mm. So it's not just that God leaves us undone. Mm-hmm. He says, now that you have surrendered to me, I have work for you to do. Yeah. Where are you going to go? When are you going to go, right? And, yeah. and Isaiah says, you know what? I'm undone, but mm-hmm. because I'm undone, I realize your way is better. And yeah. I will follow whatever it is that you'll have me do. And so it says, God encouraged Isaiah at his temple. And it says, is there evidence elsewhere in the Bible that God's sanctuary is a place of encouragement? Mm-hmm. And we see here, uh, one of my favorite texts in the, in the Bible is Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Mm-hmm. We have a great high priest 
who can sympathize with this because he's gone through everything we've gone through and yet yeah. without yeah. sin and he's interceding on our mm. behalf and yeah. he's calling us and beckoning us. We see there uh, uh, the Psalm of Asaph and he's, he says, when I said in the sanctuary, I realized that the rest of the world, they're actually the ones that are undone, right? Yeah. Uh, and so we see here all, all these places in the, in the sanctuary mm. where we see that God's presence and his his call upon our lives is realized that's why it's mm-hmm. so important for us to go to church mm-hmm. i know covid a lot of people uh a lot of churches are worried because they're saying attendance is very low right now mm-hmm. and i understand that mm-hmm. but they're saying a lot of people are using this as a time to walk away from god and i said well yeah. they're not walking away from god they were never with them in the first place mercy wow and so yeah. uh just walking the sanctuary is not good enough looking for God in mm-hmm. the sanctuary. And then the sanctuary is not just the physical place. The sanctuary is now actually the place of our hearts as well. It's the place where God's presence is and God's mm-hmm. presence can be in our homes, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so please, I, I beg you, don't use this as a time to walk away from God. Use this as a time to get closer to God. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you know, and just a reminder, church is not a building. Um, And so on the one hand, while physical structures may decrease and recognizing, you know, it may not always be safe to do that. But, you know, I've been really encouraged to see the number of Zoom um, Sabbath school classes, the number of Zoom Bible study groups, people willing to be creative, think outside the box, even Mm -hmm. just going outside and having an outdoor Bible study, you know. Um, that, you know, at the end of the day, it's about a relationship with God and it may look a little bit different how we do it, depending on where we are and safety protocols. But um, God is willing, you know, we, we can be creative. We, we really can. And, <laughs> and by the way, that was not a slight against anyone who is practicing social distance and does not, you know, it's immune compromised or is, yeah. is worried about coronavirus. Absolutely, we should be. Yeah. Uh, but as you just said there, Michael, there's mm-hmm. still creative ways to make sure we connect. Yeah. And there, there are some people who are at church every single week that mm-hmm. have no idea who God is. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I say that carefully, but there's some people that right now are staying home, but they're devout in their prayers yeah. and their care for others. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you one way or the other, make mm-hmm. sure you're doing the will of God, whatever you're doing. Yeah. And I'll just add, you know, in our family, we have uh, some people that are, have some challenges, health challenges. So we have chosen to stay at home. Yeah. But I've actually found it, Sabbath, to be even more meaningful and uh, in many ways. And it's interesting. My kids are like, you know, we want to dress up for church, even though we're not leaving our house. We may go out in nature and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, and have different ways. So, um, you know, these can be opportunities, but really it's in our own uh, purview to decide what we're going to do with that. Are we going to allow this to be the the time of COVID to allow us to create opportunities to grow spiritually or to create barriers that kind of keep us apart from one another? So anyways, a little side note, I guess we got to get back here to the text here. So, <laughs> well, well, you know what, Michael, I, I was just going to segue you there, which is Thursday's <laughs> lesson. All right. Yeah, I, I think we've been doing it already, but uh-huh. an appalling appeal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, hopefully our appeal wasn't appalling, but th- this one, it says it is. Why, why does it say that? All right. Well, uh, here in Isaiah, it says uh, verses 9 through uh, 13 here. Go and tell this people, but ever hearing, but never understanding, ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused, make their ears dull and close their eyes. Mm. Otherwise, they might not see with their eyes, hear with their ears or understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. And then I said, for how long, O Lord? I'm not going to read the last couple of verses here because it's all basically just destruction. It's I mean, you get the idea pretty quick here. And this raises the question. I mean, um, did God actually do that? 
Um, does God try to destroy people? Does God try to make it so that you don't understand um, or perceive or spiritually understand the gospel and everything else? Um, and and this this raises a, a very I think a very important question here, right? It um, does. One was a time a, a question that's been asked from the beginning of time, right? Yeah, uh, we have sin, and there's going to be judgment, and there's going to be a day of reckoning and accountability. As so we've kind of talked about this several times already, uh, but God isn't in the business of trying to destroy people. Yeah. But he also isn't in the business of forcing people. And so when finally all those opportunities, God has finally given every opportunity possible. uh, And if if a person still chooses, um, then God has to withdraw or remove himself. And this is really what these verses are talking about here. Yeah, you know, and uh, it, it brings up later... Talking about Pharaoh's heart, uh, mm-hmm. saying, you know, yeah, good example, yeah, making making a correlation there. Mm-hmm. When people say, "Well, God hardens Pharaoh's heart," well, it makes it clear here, and I think uh, Doctor Gain put this, but that Pharaoh actually it says that Pharaoh actually hardened his heart. There are far more times it says that God hardened his heart, mm-hmm. but God actually, in, in actuality, honored Pharaoh's choice, honored his request. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Pharaoh said, "I don't want my heart to be softened," so there is not going to be. And God mm-hmm. said. Okay, therefore it is sealed, right? Eventually, uh, yeah. eventually, right? Yeah. And that takes some time for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you ever feel the need to repent and confess, and you feel you feel this this calling, that beckoning, it's not too late for you. That's not the unpardonable sin. <laughs> That's actually like the the best sign possible, a yeah. sign of hope, right? Yeah. Like yeah. God saying, "Hey, I want your attention now, now." Now, don't, don't resist, you know? Because I've had so many people, how do I know that God will forgive me? It's like the yeah. very fact that you're asking that question is the greatest question you can ask. Right. Because now you're 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 responding back to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Love it. And he's convicting you. And now mm-hmm. you need to follow that conviction and lead to repentance and lead to forgiveness and lead to now forthrightness in Jesus Christ. You know, and this kind of raises a corollary question, the unpardonable sin. I have a lot of people ask me that question, you know. You know, Pastor, I'm just afraid that somehow I have committed the unpardonable sin. And just like you were saying, the fact that you're worried about it and you're asking questions <laughs> is probably the best sign possible that you haven't actually committed the unpardonable sin. Um, it, yes, it's possible people can harden their hearts so much that they no longer hear the Spirit of God. But that's not for us to judge. No. But if we sense that tugging on our heartstrings, um, now's the time to, to pay attention. Amen. And, yeah. and, and the best way to answer that is to mm. do it not on a, on a, I don't know, yearly basis, but to do it on a daily basis, a moment by moment basis where yeah. we're just connected with God and mm-hmm. you, there's something in your life that the Holy Spirit's bringing up, confess that thing right then and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to lay out the, I don't know, the, <laughs> the bells and whistles and, mm-hmm. and wait till you can flog yourself. No, it's not, it's not time for that. Yeah. Right then and there in your heart of hearts to say, God, forgive me, lead me closer to you. Say that several times throughout the day. Talk with them, connect with them, walk with them. Yeah, love it. And by the way, you know, we're starting a new year. It's a good opportunity to kind of take stock of your own walk with God. And, um, you know, Buster, I'm kind of curious, maybe just for while we're kind of wrapping this up here, um, kind of curious, what are the things that really make Bible, reading the Bible, the Word of God and talking with God, um, how, how do you make that real for you? You, you know, uh, I try to go through at least one to two chapters every day. Okay. And uh, I just talked with a student that I ended up baptizing the, mm-hmm. in 2020. Yeah. And the student said, hey, what spiritual goals do you have for this year? I'm like, oh, I love this, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I said, uh, you know, my Bible reading has been great. I've been mm-hmm. writing down notes with that. Mm-hmm. But I really want to 
truly increase my prayer life this year as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so at night is usually my, my prayer time. And it's like, I want to go from just that, that 10 to 20 minutes. I want to, I want to extend that, you know, mm-hmm. I really want to okay. increase my intercessory prayer for others. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we make it real. We make ourselves yeah. goals and we say, man, I love to see this. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Michael? You know, one of the things I really love is um, I love audiobooks and right. I, I love a couple different translations of the Bible um, on, on that I can just listen to in the car or on my phone when I'm going for a walk or whatever. And so I just look for those quiet spaces. Um, so it's nothing, you know, like really super fancy, but um, just moments like that when, you know, I live about 15 minutes away. We're both a little bit from campus, not too yeah, far. Yeah, not but, too far, yeah. You know, 15 minutes is a nice to, to read a couple of chapters or listen to a couple of chapters. Another thing that I really like to do is every every year, I like to look for new Bible translations, mm. you know, and so Beautiful. Um, sometimes it's just a, a new way of seeing or hearing something. And so I've really, a couple of my favorites are the English Standard Version. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that one just really speaks to me. I find it really just appealing this last year. Uh, and a new one I'm going to try this year is the New American Standard Bible, the oh, NASB. Yeah. NASB, it's yes. It's an older translation, but, uh, uh, you know, I think it's a couple decades old now. But Oldie but a goodie, it, right? Oldie <laughs> but a goodie, yeah. And, and it's a little bit more literal mm-hmm. than, it's a little more wooden than maybe the ESV. But I kind of like that because then just the way translators translate the text, it sometimes I see some nuances, new ways of hearing things that I haven't heard before. And every time I listen to the Word of God, I, I, I feel God speaking, tugging at my heart. You know, I, I love it, Michael. And I, if there's anything we can encourage you to do, yeah. the Word of God is the actually thing that will transform your life. Yeah, it's not us. It's, it's not it's, us, yeah. It's, it's the not, Holy Spirit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you listen to this podcast, but, yeah. but please make sure you're soaking in the Word of God because His Word, God's Word, is the thing that will actually transform us. And so uh, I, I would like to share, share this too. Yeah. My, my ringtone when I wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. I changed it to now is Seek Ye First. You know, just ah, very like devotionally place yeah. to Seek Ye First. And it mm-hmm. reminds me the first thing I want to do mm-hmm. uh, before I check email, before I look at what text I, I had, mm-hmm. until I look at the weather, I open up the word and I, I read right then and there. I'm a little bit groggy, yeah. but there's nothing better than, than committing your, ordering your steps yeah. in the way of the Lord first thing. And, and I pray a little prayer also every morning, you know, before, Sometimes I'll have time for prayer later on, but just a mm-hmm. quick prayer. Um, and I just say, Lord, I just want to surrender my life to you today, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and and make me more like you. Amen. You know, I, I'm i not that by, my, by, by myself. You know, I'm foible, so you just ask my wife and family, you know. <laughs> please, but, please don't ask mine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I need Jesus. Amen. Just the same as everybody else. And so... Uh, Turn to Jesus. Well, I guess that puts a wrap for this week. Amen. All right. So this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.